it's like, okay, uh, I can't have my like Bible study groups or my small groups because we can't meet. Right. So it's not, it's not just, is it, oh, well, there's the worship and the sermon and the whatever live stream that maybe isn't necessarily like what I would love to have. Uh, but it's also like, but I can't get like those other communal things that I wanted. And I think that's the thing where I'm like, I think a lot of people feel that. Look out, tell them, look out for my worldview. Cloudy when you sinking, got you thinking it's a whirlpool. Caesar in your pockets, you can't see who's in your pockets. But Stevie's inner visions touch your eyes and make the world move. Wifey bob her head and make her cry. Welcome to the Belfast Podcast. The podcast dedicated to those deconstructing and reconstructing their faith as we do the very same thing. I'm your host, Luke Byler, here with Demetra Lash. Hey, finally. finally. It's yes. Been a, it's been a long time. Since How long has it been since we last recorded? Gosh. Uh, it was before I went to Springfield and did the one with Matt. And then... It's been months. I'm trying to think, like, is this our first one in 2020? I, I want to say yes. Because we talked about uh, we talked about vacation, and was that our last one we did was vacation? Mm-hmm. That was our that was then that was before together. I started uh, when I switched jobs in the winter because yeah, I remember I think having you a, had been at the golf course for a bit, but yeah, and so now and then I switched. I did that job over winter break because I remember having oh, yeah, conversations yeah, yeah. about yeah, that, yeah, yeah. and then yeah. And now I'm back at the golf course. Yeah, so, so this is our first one in 2020. This is our first one in 20, 2020. Jeez Louise, what a 2020 it's been. Oh, gosh. We'll get to that in a minute. <sighs> uh, but I'm your host, Luke Byler. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Luke underscore Byler 816 or the Belfast Podcast at Belfast Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, also, Gmail is just BelfastPodcast at gmail.com. Um, also, please... If you are a fan uh, and you enjoy this, uh, if you get an opportunity, please give us a rate and review on iTunes. Uh, that helps out a lot. So, yeah. So, Dimitri, yeah. you want to give him your socials? Uh, yeah, it's at Dimitri Lash, uh, at D-I-M-I-T-R-Y-L-A-S-H. That's Twitter, Instagram. Um, and then, actually, I started a new page recently called Dimitri Lash Creative, if you want to go follow that post a lot of the uh, graphic design stuff I do uh, professionally and just for fun. Um, I just got this bad boy today. And so I'll be putting a lot of iPad drawings and procreate stuff and trying to use this allotted free time for trying to get better at drawing. Also, I'm in a drawing class, so probably is better that I do that anyway in my free time. Yeah. And you've been uh, posting some cool drawings, some of the, dope photos you've been taking at the golf course so yeah it's been cool golf's becoming slightly more of like uh less of like just a hobby and more of like oh shoot this is what i do to make money now and so um yeah so just trying to like learn and grow as much as i can creatively uh during this hectic 2020 and we'll leave it at that my instagram my personal instagram is just basically an extension of the Belfast Instagram, which shows you where my priorities are. So there I'm not mad it. about it. So I anyway. decided I decided like more people that were gonna follow me as a person probably didn't care as much about somebody's corporate logo I posted. And so I was just sitting there. I True. was like, I can't. True. Uh 
I, I feel like I need to post these in different areas. So, um, yeah, so now you have two outputs and, um, yeah, I'm excited. It's a lot of things cooking. All right. Well, and then you're, and then we're actually going to be working on stuff together because you're working on your screw tape letter essays. Mm-hmm. And then I'm about yeah. halfway through the, f- like, basically the final editing stage. Yeah. Sweet. Um, I actually should probably like work. Like, let's cross that bridge where we get there. But uh, yeah, man, 2020, right? It's been a fat minute since we've done this. Yeah. So we, before we get to the big talk, let's just let's discuss some some lighter things, some things that we've just like enjoyed in the past couple of weeks. Past uh, couple of weeks. Yeah. So what's like we'll call it a weekly Hot obsession. Picks. Hot yeah, picks, weekly weekly obsessions. Uh, like what? What's been in rotation for you? Okay, so in rotation for me personally, um, I got a little bit into the show Silicon Valley, and so that's like Thomas Middleditch, T.J. Miller, uh, the guy who plays Gabe from The Office. He's in it. Um, it's I would right. definitely. Go ahead. My cousin it, likes it a lot. It's not as like funny as advertised. Like I don't laugh out loud, but it's a really good story. I used to work for a startup company and it's basically, I mean, it's called Silicon Valley. So you they, can relate. It, it's a software company. They start out of their like basically like their living room and they grow it into like this, like I haven't gotten very far. I'm like in season three and there's like five seasons on Hulu right now. I guess I'm like halfway through, but like, I don't really know how, it all works out, but yeah, there's a lot of things I can relate to in terms of communication and, and raising capital and investors and all that kind of stuff. So, um, it's definitely interesting in like that perspective, but it's also just kind of a good story. Um, it does kind of ruin it that two of the dudes are kind of like, just like not good dudes in real life. Like I think TJ Miller, like went real far off the deep end with like drugs and alcohol. So but I think he's hilarious. I think he's one of the funnier dudes on the show. Um, and then uh, Thomas Middleditch actually just had a whole thing about him and his wife not having a monogamous uh, marriage. So it was super interesting okay. to read that. But hey, Silicon Valley, great show. Fantastic writing. Well, in the vein of uh, sitcoms and fantastic writing, I recently finished BoJack Horseman. And Did I, you? Yeah. Did I tell you this? I remember you is it like it. done? Did they like finish? Yeah, it's done. Season okay. six is the end. Um, and season six, or at least the second half of season six, came out a couple of months mm. ago. So I like caught up real quick to where the show was at. On the DL, one of the shows I just finished that like last week, I think was the finale, but Lego Masters, speaking of Will Arnett, Lego Masters is fantastic. I was obsessed with, it. I mean, A, I'm like, I like the visuals, like creative, I like working with my hands. So like, I love playing with Legos as a kid. So like, there's part of that that I really like about the show, but I mean, it's that thing kept me on the edge of my seat and that finished last week. So there's like 10 episodes of that, but I would definitely recommend if you're quarantined and you're looking for like a good, like fun, family friendly, competitive show, that's it. Uh, Cause I can't do singing shows. I hate them. I think they're garbage. Yeah, and if if you're down to have some existential crises, 
and not a lot of fun. You can watch BoJack. You can uh, watch BoJack, yeah. <laughs> but I I appreciated BoJack a lot because it it like takes in like this weird way where it's this like adult cartoon about anthropomorphic animals. Like it takes the like emotional. Super bizarre. Yeah, it's it's super. It reminds me of like maybe like a more adult, more tragic regular show. Yeah, yeah, and you. Or it's was, like this like animals, but we it, were watching when you lived with me for a while. That's it. That's it. The one with the yeah. like yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, the squirrel and the yeah. blue jay. Yeah, that's it. I love that show. Uh, but yes, that is a great comparison. Like it's a more serious, like much more like existential version of regular show. Um, very adult. Um, and I guess I enjoyed the fact that like they took this thing where you'd be like, oh, it's going to be like funny and like just goofy because it's a bunch of animals who are like people. But then it's like actually like there are a number of episodes where I sat there afterwards and I was like, dang, they like went there. Like they they hit on that theme and I was like, I didn't think they would, but. Oh, and, and Dave, for both of us. Oh, we yeah. love the show Dave. NSFW, uh, but uh, it's a great show. Yeah. If you can handle it, it's very rated mature. We'll, we'll put that tag on it. Um, and the latest episode, which is as recording was episode eight, uh, really redeemed the mid-season slump. Uh, oh, yeah, that's true. They went through like two episodes that weren't very good. They weren't like it's not that they weren't good. They just like felt out of place. One of them wasn't good, just period. And then yeah. the other one just was like, I don't know why they went here. Like they spent an entire episode building this out. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think it's interesting you say that, and I don't want this to turn into like a huge discussion. But uh, I think it should. <laughs> but like as as like you bring that up, I think about like the last episode of Dave and like you put in like a group chat, like, like, Oh Dave, like darn you for making me feel things. And then like, I was like, Oh shoot, I'm going to watch it later. And then I watched it and I'm like texting you as I'm watching it. Like, dude, that scene was hilarious. And then I was like, Oh my gosh, like I've had fights like that. Like I felt that argument and it's like, it's the sitcom where you're like, Oh, it's a little dicky and a sitcom. But then you're like, Oh, that episode in particular was like that was serious. The like ending like they through, went there. Same yeah, with Bojack. Like the ending, the and like the music at the end tied back into the beginning. Yeah. But of you, like you hit different. You were yeah, like, oh. it like you were like, oh shoot. Like cause like breakups happen. I mean, you've well not we to don't know. Yeah, exactly. We don't know. But like you've like felt that where it's like, oh shoot, like I like we've taken pictures or we did this like one thing together and now I have like a keychain, you know, like and you're like, oh shoot, I didn't think this would be such a big deal, but now it like like past tense, like it's like rocky stuff. You're like, ooh, this means more. And yeah. not always a good thing. And even like the like the argument they had, I think did I text you this? I was like, dude, they had the most real like yeah. sitcom argument I've ever heard. It was it was crazy. Spoiler alert for Dave. Uh, but yeah, it it's it's a it's a great show because I mean I remember I started watching it. And I had the thought I was like I'll watch the first episode and if it's like corny, like if it's like did I tell you to watch it before you no, started it? I I watched it 
I had some like free time and I was just like, Oh man, like I've been seeing all the commercials and like how funny it is and all that kind of stuff. I was just like, fine. Like I'll watch the first episode and I got hooked. And at that time there were only two episodes, I think. So, mm-hmm. and then the third one came out. The third one's a little blue. I'll say, yeah. Oh yeah. The third that, one, I don't want to say it's skippable. Uh, yeah. It's maybe. incredibly raunchy sexually so if you can't handle like any sort of things like that like if you're the people that stay away from game of thrones because it's like well it's not even game of thrones level but it's not game of thrones level but there is a lot shown but there's also like a like a there's a point to it there's like a innocence and like a vulnerable side to it innocence isn't the word but there's like a vulnerability to it that like even like me I, I, I've been able to, re- like, we talked, you know, there's things about that episode that you're like, oh, man, this is really relatable about, yeah. like, what you share yeah. in relationships. There's a certain honesty about it. Yes. It isn't much just so. like, oh, look, it's meant to be, like... Uh, crude. Yeah, crude, or even, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not suggestive, but sensual. There you um, go. Yeah. But, yeah, so so Silicon Valley... Bojack, if you're feeling real existential, and then on uh, the very opposite end of the spectrum, Lego Masters, Lego uh, Masters, also Will Arnett and Dave. So that was quite a few things. Um, but yeah, I like that we've turned this theological deconstruction reconstruction into. Hey kids, here's the uh, Showtimes. What's that magazine called that everyone used to get? Is that Showtimes? Oh, TV Guide. Oh, God. Here's the TV Guide for your uh, quarantine. Dude, I remember getting those, and I'm just like, who cares? Like, Comcast, like, has it built in now. Like, I don't even, like, you don't need to have this anymore. And I remember my grandparents having that magazine and, like, literally highlighting things through the TV Guide. I was like, dude, you realize, like, you click a button, and this pops up on your TV. It's real time. If something gets canceled, you know immediately. There's no surprises. Or that, or the time, like I remember when TiVo became a thing, and there was all that stuff about, like, oh, you could pause and rewind and like live TV, and then you'd be like, well, why do I care that, you know? Yeah, I, I like no, that this show comes on Thursday at eight. Like I can just record it. I don't, I don't ever remember, like knowing someone with TiVo, like the brand name TiVo. I remember when I was like. 10 or 11 we finally got comcast and or at&t uverse and it had the ability to like pause live tv and i was like oh my god this is what tivo is but like tivo was like way back in 2006 and 7 yeah like it was way earlier because i remember i was listening to the uh office ladies podcast um it's another thing i'm binging uh but they were talking about dwight says something about tivo and they're like man this really dates our show because like that was like the new thing and their show came out in 2006 so Mm. they filmed it i think in 2005 or something like that and so they were like oh man this really dates our show because like that was the big thing in 2005 i never remember anybody no you're right i don't remember tivo brand tivo Tivo. yeah like you always heard it in sitcoms and i was just like what is like i understood the concept i was like who has this because I guess like it was sold as like the super richity rich thing to have was like TiVo, but I never remember. But so there's our TV guide for there's our TV the guide month and um, one podcast. Um, yeah. So the world has changed. The world has changed since we last recorded a podcast, literally as it was kicking off. 
Um, so as it yeah, stands right- We had right, a very early discussion about it. Yes, you had a very early discussion about it. And it's, it's developed further because I remember I have been playing with this small GPS thing and it's probably been very loud, but the situation kind of snowballed to where now I would say almost all of the country is under stay at home orders. Um, the orders only pertain to essential businesses, which has caused uh, huge cool. economic downturn. Huge economic downturn. Also, it's just been very confusing as to who's an essential business. Um, you're seeing businesses have to get creative with how they continue their services. You're seeing restaurants have to go to primarily drive through or carry out, mm-hmm. carry out online ordering. Um, you're seeing schools, uh, you know, have to take the approach of online learning because we've done TV guide. <laughs> um, and now we've talked about the coronavirus. And the stay at home um, orders and how it's affected. Stay at home. Life. Exactly. Yeah. So, First yeah. of all, I guess we should preface both of us are still working. Yeah. That's an oh, important piece of this puzzle. So here's something else too that I will say that is like bonkers. So I, I'll just say, I don't care. Uh, like, I don't think saying any of this is going to get me in trouble at all. Uh, so I work at Lowe's cause it's an essential business and like we're a hardware well we're an everything store which is also kind of annoying uh but bro i found this out today and i worked uh on sad on this day so like this last weekend on saturday we had the biggest sales day in that location's history yeah that wouldn't surprise me at all super nice weekend three hundred thousand dollars yeah damn crazy and then like the the weekend saturday and sunday together was like over over half a million good god that's crazy but i'm like i'm like yeah it was nice weather i understand people at home like they want to do these projects or you know get stuff done which is like fine good use your time well but i'm also like it just shows how a stir crazy people are or b how much people are like, oh, I don't really care if we're going to break sales records during a global pandemic. Right. Where stay-at-home orders are in effect still in Kansas City. Yeah. And I work at a golf course and golf courses, at least in Missouri. You can social distance well at a golf course. You can course. social distance. That was one of the things originally that had been rumored was like, golf courses through this whole thing might be able to stay open. And like, thank goodness. Like I have like found a sort of passion for golf because I don't know what I'd be doing during this craziness because I mean, golf a has given me a job and some income um, along with the Donnie's check, which was much appreciated. Uh, but as well as like giving me an Avenue to like go and, get out of the house and be active. And I've, I mean, personally, since this whole thing started, I was like, I can't sit in a house all day um, for my mental and physical health. And so I've tried to get outside, try to get some sun, some vitamin D, uh, drink a lot of vitamin C packets, but just trying to stay uh, active that way. 
But yeah, I think an important piece of the puzzle, you know, before we go into our next topic is like both of us have been working. We've been out and about. Uh, we're both healthy. Yeah. I have a buddy that comes and like works out with me every morning. And I'm yeah. Like, I need that like a motivation, accountability to like continue to work out during this time. Cause if it was just me and I, if I didn't have a job, if I didn't have that, then bro. It'd be we, bad. yeah. I mean, we've had, we've hung out outside. We've done a couple fire pits and, and stuff like that. We've smoked some cigars and had some drinks outside. I mean, nothing like, you know, we're not playing basketball, you know, right next to each playing, other, boxing you know, tackle, out, football. exactly. Spitting on each other. I don't know what you do tackle football really, but you know, like to me, I, I don't feel this overwhelming guilt about the way I've lived my life in the last month and a half. I, and I see the comparison between people that are like, I'm going to go over to a friend's house and like, we're just going to have like our regular hangout sesh with like three other people, you know, like there's like, and that's where it's such a fine line to me because like, I think it's really dangerous to go start judging people, you know, on Instagram, like, Oh, you need to stay home, stay safe. Like, yeah, that's true. But like, also like you can't create a prison for yourself. I, I, I don't know. Yeah. And part of it too, like we've talked about this in our friend group is like, know your circumstances, like know your limits. So like my parents both work in the medical profession. My dad still works at the hospital. He's not in the COVID unit. He's not around an area where he's going to be, you know, susceptible to that necessarily. Um, my mom was really non-essential in the like medical stuff she was doing so she isn't working much right now um and it's not like i'm having you know people over for house parties like i'm hanging out with ben when he comes and works out in the morning like and he works out and he leaves he goes to work and then i go to work or do what i need to do and we might hang out in the evening a couple times but like we're not hanging out with will whose parents are more susceptible like we haven't seen brayden because his parents are helping their parents and it's like they know their limits and like good but yeah i think yeah. both of us are family like it's just you and your mom and your dad and your dad's working in essential he's essential as a healthcare worker so he's going to work anyway being around people who are just sick on a day-to-day -day basis i'm sure he's taking precautions or whatever the hospital's doing yeah and nobody in my family you know immediate or extended has like even gotten flu flu or cold or any kind of sickness during this time. Now, if that were to happen, things would really change. Right. But that hasn't happened. So Yeah, and, and same for my family is I live here with my mom and her husband, and her husband works for a factory that produces things that are essential. I don't really know what he does for work, <laughs> but they produce stuff that's essential uh, to like Johnson and Johnson, I think. So obviously they're making a killing, you know, with all their cleaning products and stuff like that. And then my mom cleans houses for a living. So she's trying to become essential, but she's also, uh, kind of helping my grandma and my grandma's healthy enough. But I mean, same if one of us started exhibiting flu symptoms, you know, that'd be it. We'd probably, you know, shut our house down for two weeks, no one in or out. So 
I just think, yeah, know your limits is super important as like you go. And I remember uh, KB just tweeted the other day. He's like, you know, loving thy neighbor also includes washing your hands today and like staying home when it's, you know, you know, when it's not essential to go leave your house. And so I think like, yes, you could argue like what things are and aren't essential, but I think like that's really important. Like in the Christian walk is like, there are people who can't defend themselves, you know, from this coronavirus, whether or not they, you know, if they get it, they are so susceptible to becoming a, a percentage of this group of people that is not doing well with it. And so I think like that idea of like loving thy neighbor, like also extends to like practice personal hygiene, like practice common sense, you know, like cough yeah. into your elbow. Like sneeze. I'm not, like my jujitsu gym's closed. Like I'm not rolling around with a bunch of yeah. people like in close combat right now. And I'm it's really like, happening. I like my thing is like, furthermore, like what are gyms going to do moving forward? Cause Pete, like people aren't just going to go back to normal life. Like when these like lockdowns lift, like everyone's still going to be super paranoid um, about like, and that's, I mean, I, I mean, obviously us, we're not super paranoid about it now. So I'm not sure what that all look, look like, you know, but like what are businesses going to look like moving forward? Even if people can go to a restaurant and sit down yeah. and have a meal as a family, yeah. what is that going to look like now? Like, are the tables going to be super far apart? You know, are the, you know, are the waiter, are the waiters going to wear gloves the entire time? Like things are super unprecedented. And I think there's going to be things like decisions being made that, I mean, I'm probably not going to be a fan of just because I tend to more cling to the less flexible side of like, ah, just put it back as the same. Like don't touch it, but things are going to have to happen. And, you know, you either adapt and get with the system or you, you know, fail. So finally getting to our topic speaking finally. of adapting yes uh so another uh side of life that has had to adapt during this time has been church uh and i guess that's like within all this discussion like a big thing we wanted to talk about was how this has affected church how do we see it affecting like our church experience right now uh for what it's worth and then like what are some possible, and I would, I would love to maybe stick to like, what are some possible positive things that could happen due to all of this? Um, so like, I, how, how has it changed? Well, no one's obviously grouped and at least in Missouri, it's like no more than groups of 10. Well, so there's your sound team and your band and your right. Master. Yeah. Like they're recording at those times to do what they need to do. So you know, there it is. And even like our churches, like recordings for Sundays, like the band does it from home. Like, and then it's like all pre recorded, right? Yep. Yeah. Cause I, I then, think I texted Tanner and I was asking him, and he's like, Yeah, basically my whole job is just like making like backtracks to songs and then we like perform them and then we push them all together. I yeah. was like, Sweet. That's like, I mean, yeah, I think so. I've seen a couple things in terms of like what what are people doing. Um, obviously, one is like the at home approach, which I've seen 
done anyway. Like we live in Missouri, so the winters can kind of be kind of treacherous. And so sometimes churches will cancel. Um, I have always, there's, there's two churches I know, uh, the one we grew up in and uh, the one both of my parents go to right now where their kind of belief is like, I don't want to cancel church because if someone comes, like that's worth it. Like this is why we exist is to like have services is to like create a place of gathering. Mm-hmm. So like if the weather's bad, but still like five people come, then like we've done our job. Like yeah. we've done what we're called to do, which I respect. And that's cool. Obviously with COVID now, that's not an option because now you've been told by the government, you know, you can't meet, you know, and it's, and it doesn't really supersede kind of religious beliefs because it's not put, I mean, communities built into the Christian experience, but touching people isn't, you know, like having to shake hands is not like a, a freaking commandment of Moses, you know, or whatever. So I think the church's a ability to adapt to the laws and the governed the governments and how they yeah, and it just is being like being smart it's being like, like courteous and following the i mean there's a lot about following authority following the law yeah. i mean there's a reason christians aren't out there breaking the law and then that's not sin is it good and it goes back to the like the love your neighbor thing like it would it really be loving to like you let's not even like to the general society now if churches are like, ah, oh, screw it, we're just yeah, going to be anyway, and then we're going to be like the thing that infects a bunch of other people. Right. No. And yeah, it's, it's completely disregarding the needs of the people and the people who have been put in power, you know, divinely, however you want it. I mean, I'd like to, you know, think that there's providence in God's leadership and the authority of the government. So to kind of go against the authority that's been put in place, I think. And I mean, you can go freaking all over predestination with authority and government. I don't know. You know, who's to but say? Yeah, I, get, I agree with what you're saying. You, like, you get what I'm saying along the borders of like, as Christians, like we're called to respect authority and respect the law. Yeah, and I, that's definitely part of it. I just would, I think that like the bigger portion of the puzzle for a lot of like, thoughts with churches doing this is is yes we want to be able to respect like the authority and like be smart but also it's that bigger question of like okay what's the actual loving thing and and i know and i'm not certain but i heard from my family that like there are churches some like there i know there are churches who are refusing to like partake in those laws saying that it is yeah a restriction on their and they're getting uh, ticketed yeah and they're getting ticketed for it and I know like a big thing, I didn't even see like the result of it, but like, I know the big thing in the Christian circle is, well, now that Ramadan is happening, are the Muslims going to receive the same treatment of being ticketed for meeting as the Christians? And I was like, who cares? Like, like you're responsible for you and your responsibility to like your fellow man, like, you know, I don't know what is and isn't fair, you know? in terms of that sort of quote unquote religious freedom and what's politically correct between which religions and all that kind of stuff. But like, just take care of yourself. You know, I can't stop people. In I understand the frustration, but I also think like it's, especially with this 
thing. Like, I don't know if it's one worth having. Yeah. There's so many other it things. It seems so petty. Yeah. And it Especially just kind of petty in terms of like the consequence that come from like, if you were to keep gathering right now. And, and like, my thing is like, if you're getting ticketed and these tickets are like three, $500, like you're, you're inexplicably being charged. Like you're, you're forcing law enforcement to give you to enact the law, to give you a ticket for meeting, which I think is what they're doing. And then that's like $500. Like people are struggling to pay bills. And yeah. you're just going to be like the, the kid in the class that's like, oh, I've been told that this is silent reading time. So I'm going to read out loud just because, like just to raise heck. Because yeah. I have the freedom to do so. And you're like, why, like, why can't you just, you know, chill? Because again, like there's just other people that you have, like the distraction's not about you. It's about the people around you. Um, yeah. But I've seen a lot of approaches to churches doing at home, like I've said, or like you've said, where it's like, okay, now the pastor's sitting on a couch in his yeah. office and it's like a doctored set, you know, and they do like acoustic versions of worship songs or, you know, pre-recorded. Um, I know, shout out to Citizens uh, Music. They did a whole thing where like you could buy a package of their songs and it's pre-recorded videos with like all the the lyrics and stuff. So like you can just play those for your church if you don't have like a dedicated worship team or resources for that, which is cool. So I think bands are being really creative with how they approach the church aspect of it. Um, and not just to profit off of COVID because I've seen a lot of people that have struggled with that. Like, yeah, I mean, going back to the Kobe Bryant thing, I know a bunch of artists that had Kobe Bryant like prints like already made and they took them off their website because they're like, I don't want to profit off of the loss of life of someone and their daughter. And the COVID thing is like the same way. It's like, man, you could make a killing producing church graphics or, you know, church live stream stuff. But like, is it necessary? You know? Yeah. And like, it's, it's that weird gray area of like, can I profit off of this? Cause there are people definitely profit. I mean, cleaning companies and all that kind of stuff is, is just, but I'm also like the, yes, I understand like what you're saying. And maybe like in the church, it's a little different, but then I'm also like, but am I mad that like Lowe's is having like such huge sales? No, because people are choosing like, Oh, I'm going to go buy this, that, the other thing. Like, yeah yeah i mean so like i get i get what you're saying and i partially agree but then the other side of me is like well if you're citizens and you're like hey we want to help provide something that people would need and yet we know that we still need to like make money as musicians like i'm not mad at it i'm not i'm not either like i mean and i are on the side of like i mean the kobe bryant thing obviously like to me it's like oh we're gonna pull our prints out of like respect yeah. For like the fam, yeah. like we're not going to profit off of the loss of life, and like I think it's different when you're providing a service that's like a necessity for like some churches do not have the resources to buy or to have a worship band. Like most of those, I I would assume that a lot of churches that's barely that's blah, not barely that's mostly based on a volunteer basis. Yeah. Yeah. Not a lot of them have worship directors. And so I think it is an interesting idea that there are these 
videos that you can put on your live stream. Uh, and yeah, I think opportunity is like, that's that gray area. We of talked opportunity. about it earlier. Just yeah. Like the different ways you can, you can adapt and change and use it. Yeah. Which is cool. I mean, and music is just in a sense of like, it's one of those things that's entertainment where it's like, if, if someone wants to like release an album right now, the chance that you get plays is high because yeah, people are wanting to listen to music. So, um, yeah. And then on the flip side of that, one of the churches locally here, um, is it, I mean, by definition, is it a mega church? Have we, I think so. It's more than 2000 a week, right? Average. So, oh, oh, yeah, then they've definitely hit that number. Uh, but they decided that they're going to film the church service and he preaches to an empty auditorium and the worship team comes up and they worship to an empty auditorium. And I walked in, I was like, that's really strange. And my mom was like, yeah, but they do it because it's normal. And it doesn't feel like we're like, oh, shoot, like they're doing something new that I have to adjust to now. Now the pastor's sitting on a couch. And like, now he has all these new graphic things that he uses instead of his, no, like, it's just the usual thing. It's like, if you want to go back after the COVID thing, or whatever, it's seamless. It doesn't feel like, you know, I will say, and I don't like the thing personally with the COVID thing is it's made me miss community and how I've taken it for granted more. Mm-hmm. And I think we've talked about this, like the idea of like church doesn't have to be going to a building and like listening to someone preach and then singing like a song of reflection, you know, the cookie cutter. But like, I think there's something about worshiping as a group and like the fact that I need, and not that I even have to like the preaching, but the sense of like being around people, worshiping as a group, no matter how that worship is presented. Cause I think, I mean, I'm in visuals and I've done a lot of production stuff like that. So like, I worry about like, Oh man, like this song is super old or like the way they're like set up on the stage or like the lights and like the tech, like how they're doing the screen and like their whole presentation is like, it's bad. Like to just kind of leave those things at the side because like you can do things with excellence and you know, obviously I have my opinions on that, but like it's made me like realize like those are just, those are things that can go first yeah. When it comes to like now realizing that it's like, I don't have that option to go to church and I've been kind of separated from that ministry that, you know, both of us were a part of, but like now I'm like, I want to go back. Not because I think it's like this freaking new thing. That's like, Oh man, it's so great. But like, I need it in my life because it's community yeah. at its most basic root. It's like seeing people you don't usually see, worshiping as a group i mean because that's important to god and revelations like everyone's you know worshiping holy 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 and like that's heaven like the group worship aspect is is outlined throughout all of scripture as an important part and i think that's something i've been missing and that's something i've also like realized in this thing is like how much i've taken that for granted just thinking like oh man like if i really wanted to i could go to church but like, I'd rather listen to this podcast. I'd rather just read a book of the Bible, have a good prayer life, 
you know, be really in touch with my relationship that way. And then everything else is like kind of arbitrary. I don't really think of it like that now. I think the stuff is really important. Like I like listening to podcasts about biblical, you know, structure and, and theology and certain ideas that are brought forth through different passages and stuff like that, as well as I like listening to worship music in my free time. I think it's relaxing. Um, and then prayer life is something that's continuously growing in my life. But like now that I can't go worship in a group of people, mm-hmm. like it's like, damn, I really miss worshiping in a group of people. Yeah. So I don't know how it's affected you personally. And then we can go into like the positives that we foresee, like the church as a culture. I think for me, it's been, um, it's been like, a, I think it's just proved where I'm already at, at some level. And I, what I mean is this, like, I don't love the church that like I'm involved in. And, and at least like, can I, can I say something like the first couple podcasts we've done? And I just thought about this. I was like, gosh, if you go back and listen to it, like the ideas that we had for like how to build a church about like the very Greek lifestyle of like going and like listening to someone speak in front of you. Like that whole idea is like, now that we're like in an, in an era where that's taken away, like I was like, gosh, we're kind of chomping at our bits right now. Like, cause like, this is kind of what we wanted is to have to re. Well, okay. Well, you can get to that. Uh, yeah. Cause I have some thoughts. Um, and we might differ on our thoughts, which is fine. Uh, for me, I mean, for right now, it's like I haven't loved the like church I'm involved in, or I should say that my family's involved in. Uh, like, yeah, so it's just reinforced the fact of like getting up on Sunday and being like, oh, yeah, we're gonna do like the church stream. I'm kind of like, okay. Like my motivation is the same as if I were to go to like church on Sunday morning. It would be like I'm doing this because like I get to see, be with my family and like we get to hang out. Do you feel like the worst parts of the experience of church are the ones being highlighted now by the coronavirus? Like the fact that like maybe the saving graces that you get to see people at church that you don't get to normally see throughout the week. Yeah, but- and it like there's parts of it where. Like we, like I go to church and sometimes it's like, oh, like I enjoy like the fact we go to church because afterwards, like our whole family like gets together and does lunch or like we might invite some friends we don't normally see out and we get to like go hang. And like, so I get that communal aspect, but it's because like we did the church thing first, you know what I'm saying? Right. Um, And now it's like, well, that's not even an option. So like the whole, like going, doing the church thing, uh, and not that like the church is bad and that makes me feel like even worse being like, yeah, I can't, I don't like it, even though it's not bad, but it's just like, I, yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't feel like there's a lot of choices right now. Yeah. That's how I feel. Like, I feel like if I'm going to attend any church, it's basically going to be the same thing, like the same setup. Yeah. And that's, I I think, what both of us like agree on is like that idea of like 
walking in, getting a bulletin, sitting down, watching an announcement video, listening to wor- like three worship songs that are the newest, trendiest worship songs or super old ones, depending on what church you go to. And then uh, the sermon bumper. And then the guy goes up and he talks for 45 minutes about this, the third part of this 16 part series they're on about Mark. And then like, it's like a big, like call to worship at the end. And then a like song of reflection comes up and like, like that's almost copy paste in every church you could go to right now. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess, and this will get into like more of like what I've been thinking about the past like couple weeks with all this. At some level, it's like, and I don't want to be the guy where I'm like, oh, I'm just going to double down on what I said earlier. But like I said it earlier because I believed it and I still believe it. Like, uh, like, yeah, I do miss the like, man, we get in a, what you said, which I think is like interesting if like to discuss this now, I miss, like, like I said, I miss the possibility of like going out to lunch with certain people, like doing different things, but like in a really weird way, like I miss the group I left like mm. three weeks ago, four weeks ago, the group where I was like, Oh, I want to start something different because like I'm in a different place in life than like what this group's doing. Uh, and that's maybe another conversation for another podcast. Um, knowing when you've outgrown something. But uh, now that group that like my family and I was like good friends were wanting to start hasn't started. So you're in between. And this was meant to be like a, this is meant to be like a fairly big, like 10 to 15 people like in our house every week, every other week, like in community, having meals, having discussions, like that kind of like, communal thing which is like i think that's the essential piece of like church and sky said this on the latest holy post podcast where he was like we need to start understanding that like well we've just been outsourcing sermons and worship music forever Mm. what we can outsource is that hey we get in a group and we worship dang what we can outsource like you can outsource an amazing sermon like some of the best sermons i've ever had ever heard sorry like weren't in the church I was at. Um, but it's like when we sit by the fire pit and we have a discussions and we, you know, have some drinks and we have a good cigar and we like talk about real stuff and we have like community, like I feel like that's more church than I've had in the past month. Yeah. Like that's, and I guess that's what what I'm getting at is like, I totally get what you mean by like when, even when we have Bible study and you'd be like, Hey, can we sing a couple worship songs? Like, I think that's dope. I think that's necessary. Um, and I, like, I guess I just miss the like, man, let's just, let's just come together as a body and like, you know, either dig into like what we're learning or just sit in the presence of God. And I don't, I don't love the model you just talk of, of like, oh, get the bulletin, listen to the songs, listen to the sermon, because it's like really formulaic. Right. And, and I'm not like advocating for that because I want that to change too. And I totally agree with the point of like those fire pit chats we've had. I mean, last night we had one where it was like, oh my gosh, I didn't even think about 
these things in my life. Like it was like uh, just a number line of like, okay, well I'm starting here and then I'm going here with my thought. And then like, by the end of it, I was like, it was, it was some external problem I had. And then I realized like, oh, it's internal. And like, that would have never happened at a church service because there's not an opportunity for you to have a one-on-one with the person talking. And yeah. Be able and we to chop like that idea. Hours. Yeah. I think like, I totally advocate for that. Like, and I think the thing you said of like, we outsource, we outsource worship anyway. Like none of the songs they're singing are probably original. Like, you know, but the thing I'm like thinking is like sitting in a room with like 200 some young adults who are my age, who are going through similar parts of life and all being able to like sit there and like to know that like we're worshiping as a group, like that pleases God to sit there and to be, you know, to hear a message that provides truth and provides, you know, hope and, and to mold those Christian relationships with Jesus. Like, I think that's important to like sit there and like, know that that's, there's a group of people of 200 people doing, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because like, to me, that aspect of just like, I want to know the body of Christ is like growing at the same time as like, I want to know that like it's growing and those connections are strong. And I think we've talked about like the sidewalk team style of like, I'm going to talk to someone, I'm going to get their number and I'm going to text them once and I'll never talk to them again because now I see that they're coming to church every week is like, it's not like, it doesn't work. It's such a like half-ass laissez-faire style of like connection. And it feels more like a pyramid scheme than anything. And so like, I think. Yeah. And more than anything, I think that's what we were super frustrated with. Yeah. Uh, And so I guess my thing is like, I just want to like kind of just behold the Holy spirit working through a a large group, you know, like I want to behold a group of people like with the same urge to worship, like with that same calling to worship. Mm. Yeah. But I don't want it through a video. I don't want it through like watching a music video where they've staged a bunch of people to like worship. Like I want to feel that in the moment where it's like, Oh man, I've heard the song amazing grace a hundred times, but it's still cool to see 250 people plus singing it all in different parts of life. All being able to be like, like he saved a wretched like soul like mine. Yeah. Like that's cool. And I think that's what I'm structured. And then to be able to like walk outside of that sermon and then to be able to like see people happy to see each other because, Oh shoot. Like I've been working like whatever, but like we can all come together. We can worship like Jesus. Like we can worship like as one body as the church and then see each other and have that social environment. And like that experience to me is like what I'm missing now that I know I, I can't have that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think uh, like I need both sides of that. I need those one-on-one conversations we have at that fire pit. And I need those five, six people Bible studies where we're literally just like, like, crapping out ideas because i think we've all agreed that like in the like one of those bible studies we had was like our fourth or fifth one and we finally like had to come to grips and be like can we all just like agree that we're going to be wrong and like that this is like an like an, an embarrassing vulnerable process 
because like we think that there's one right answer here and we just hope we don't say something contrary to that like because like we were like i don't want to feel like an idiot but like we're all like we're all losing something if we're not vulnerable with one another Uh and that doesn't happen in a group of 250 plus people to have a conversation like that but both sides of that i think like to me are at least important because i'm like sometimes the vulnerability like you just have to know it's within you and like to know where to go to like get that outlet of that vulnerability but also to like worship as like a body is not some sort of it's like not some sort of weakening thing it's like that's when the power of like community to me you know has a voice Hmm. Hmm. so no i'm not advocating for the bulletin three songs and as like that structure that formula i think it's lazy let me ask you this so uh i think this is a really interesting idea um so like would you be cool like would your maybe like ideal situation be like you you're able to like have a uh like close friends where we do have like those Bible studies or those like one-on-one conversations and then like maybe even a larger group of like you know of like a 15 or 20 person study or like 30 or whatever it may be and then like maybe once a week or through throughout certain times like you just have like a worship night because like I know music's big to you which is I think why it keeps coming up and me too like like but I I I guess I just want to like, I guess put it out there like this. Like I, I love the like communal aspect of like, we get together and we discuss through like ideas we've been thinking about. And like, you know, I can like listen and wrestle through like my own things. Like I don't, I'm not going to say I don't need a pastor cause I need like someone, I need, need a shepherd. I need a yeah. mentor, but like if I just go and listen to some dude preach at me every week for 45 minutes, I'm hard pressed to call him like a pastor in my life. Right. You know what and I'm saying? So maybe that's another episode, <laughs> but like, I guess my point is like, we're missing that communal aspect as well as that like bigger communal worship aspect. So, so like for me and like, in you saying that, I, I think maybe I've missed kind of spoken because like, to me, it's not the numbers. It's about, is it satisfying a need? If I can sit there and worship with two other people, like we did that one night and like that satisfies my need of like multiple people like coming, like inviting the Holy spirit in and like, because I mean, there's like literally an entire book of the Bible called the song of Solomon, right? Like music's important to like the spirit. Well, that's yeah. It's well, a romance book, but right, yeah. I, those psalms are also very worshipful and such. So, the, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's like, I mean, there's lots of instances like that. Music is used as a worship tool, like you know, because I think you're right. Like someone preaching at you for 45 minutes is not a pastoral role. Um. So, like, uh, to me, the numbers don't matter. It's like, is it satisfying that need? Because, like, I think it's funny. Like, cause the vulnerable thing could also be satisfied the other way, right? Like you could be in a room full of 200 people 
and be pulled aside by somebody and have that vulnerable one-on-one in a room of 200 people that you weren't planning on having, you know? Yeah. And I think it works this, I mean, you know, I think it works the other way other than like us sitting at a fire pit and knowing that like us sitting at a fire pit, having a couple cigars, having a couple of drinks is like, like we're going to have some deep conversations. That's an environment it promotes. Yeah. And a room full of 200 people doesn't promote that, but you know, I'm just like saying like the numbers and the environment don't matter to me. And even like the separation of that, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm, yeah, I don't yeah. need those things to be separate, but I do need, like, dare I say boxes checked. I don't like that. You but need the you, balance. I need the balance of it because if I'm like so weighty on the one-on-one conversations, I miss the, like, the grandness of like the power of God and the community of like believers, I start believing that it's like that one-on-one relationship and like how strenuous that is. Like I miss the connection of being around other people, right. And like bouncing your ideas off of them or hearing a, you know, a preacher talk or hearing a worship leader say something out of scripture while you're singing a song, like that idea of like that community refinement, I think can happen between one-on-one or I think it can happen between you sitting in a seat and like listening to someone lead worship. Like, I think that idea is like that box I need checked, but sometimes like the one-on-one doesn't satisfy because there's certain conversations you're just going to have with that one-on-one person. Yeah. I get what you're saying. I agree. I agree. So I don't like, yeah, I don't know. That's something like I think I, I'd explore in myself is like, I need to figure out like what, what satisfies those needs. Yeah. And I think it's with that, it's like good to know that this, like what we're doing here with like these conversations in this podcast is like, again, like this is we're deconstructing and reconstructing. Like we're figuring out, what we think and where we're at and what God has us learning right now. It's not like, Oh, well we like said that one thing back there and like, we have to totally agree with it. You know, every episode after. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I Cause think- like you're even challenging some of the stuff I was like, I'm thinking right now and it's good. So. Yeah. And I like, I mean, I'm vibing with you a hundred percent on like those small group. Like I think, the smaller church sizes, that sort of stuff. But like outside of my friend group and outside of what I know to be my Christian community, I need to know that beyond that, there's other Christian communities. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because it gives you a wider gamut of the body of Christ, not just through your lens. I think is that that's maybe the important part of what I'm saying into like, for me, the tangible is to like go to a, a church service and watch 200 people sing Amazing Grace. That's a tangible for me to like go and see that. Got it. Yes. I think you, yeah, I think you found your, I think That's you found the, what you were saying. Yes. I agree. I completely agree. But again, like if that box is being checked for you, like you don't feel like, you feel like in your wider, you know, 
view like the things you listen to the you know the youtube videos the podcasts or because i think that's some like that's more your area of like this is how i get a grander view of things like i think you satisfy that balance through that side yeah but even you like the way you kept talking about like worship the more i was like man i do miss that like and i can't you can't reproduce that easily no. Like there's a difference between like me listening to like Citizens and Kings K in my room and like having my moments of like connection and worship. And like then even when I you know, when I go to center in Springfield and like sing with thirty people in a coffee shop, like those are two different experiences. Yeah. So that's that is yeah. exactly what I'm like coming across as is like there's just something about group worship that I can't shake as being super important. And you're like, I think the idea of like that replication, like I can't do that. Mm, yeah. yeah. And so, and so again, like my patience of like being like, well, if I'm going to go listen to worship music, like it needs to be good worship. Like people need to know what they're doing. Right. Obviously I like, I would have loved to go to Mars Hill when Kings K and citizens were leading worship week in and week out. I have a friend who went like, who was working with them and he was like, it was incredible. Like you were literally seeing them like write the versions of their songs they had recorded like live in person. And he was but, like, I don't have that luxury to time travel a or to B have Kings K and citizens on retainer to fly out to Kansas city. Every time I want to have a, you know, a small worship session. Like I don't have that luxury. And so it's one of those things. I think like a, a good idea of COVID and it's something my mom has written on our fridge is what idea of normal am I letting go of today? Mm. And so, yeah, and I think we've been hitting around it, but like maybe let's hone in on what are some good things we can see coming from Yes, because change. And I think the bit, like, I guess here's what I want to like, because we've both like been talking about how important it is, even in our discussion of like what's what we're feeling right now, is how do we, as like the body and and, and the church, uh, hope to see changes happen where it's not a formulaic program as much as it was, or like even tries to remain and being with the live streams and stuff, which, and I'm not going to even say like, that's all been bad. Like I know people who've been like really encouraged by being able to, you know, see other pastors by being able to like continue worshiping to being able to like, I have a buddy who listens to like the Tuesday night things every week. And then he's like, Hey, I'm going to have a zoom hangout. If we want to discuss after, like, I think that's dope. Yeah. Like, so it affords those kinds of things. But again, that's like an out the box, like communal thing that's happening. It's like, yeah. Anyway, but like the fact that they're providing the content for the discussion is still helpful. Um, but again, yeah. like, like we're saying, like, how do we step out of this knowing even more so how important those communal aspects are to an essential um, and foundational they are to like the, christian walk like how do we hone in on those as a church so like as you're saying it i remembered back to like your idea of i don't want a pastoral figure who's gonna like spoon feed me and like it goes into your idea of yeah. like 
what I, like and what growth, I like is how like, I've outgrown, like yeah. I've outgrown a pastor doing that for me. Right. Like, so I think this is literally an idea I just had, but it's like, why aren't we, why aren't churches giving an opportunity for both sides of that coin? Like record your services, record your worship music, do that stuff. Right. Also provide study like resources for people who want to deep dive it or who yeah. want to like do like give your sermon in a way that it's like, read this passage and I'll guide you through the idea sort of like reading a study Bible. Yeah. You know, but like guide them through it with less of a, you know, a handholding tactic and more of like a long leash for these people that have quote unquote, I mean, not quote unquote, but have outgrown the idea of I need to sit here for 45 minutes and listen to this because like, this is going to satisfy my need for learning and growing in my development with Christ. Yeah. And I guess like, and it can get so much more creative than that. Yeah. I don't want to yeah. say that like they and need to. My point on like a pastor preaching at me is like, my point in saying that was like, if that's all I ever get from somebody, then like, yeah, I knew that. They're yeah, not yeah, yeah. My pastor, like, but that is a part of pastoring. Yes. Um, and like, I'll, I'll just give, like, I'll say it, say it. I don't know how many people who are old with me in this listen to it or were, but like Chad from paradigm, like at least when he first came on board there and I've even seen him at the coffee shop and he says, what's up and like all that. Uh, like when he first came on board there, like I was involved in like stuff that he was doing and he like asked me to do certain things and whatnot. And so like, yes, he was the man on stage like every week, but I also was like, yeah, but I've been involved in things that he's doing. Mm. Like, and he's spoken into my life in other ways besides just the stage. So like he felt very much more like a pastor to me, like fulfilling different roles of that. like a guiding shepherd. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so, and I look at like different mentor relationships I've had where it's like, and a lot of levels, like they were pastoring me. Mm. Um, now, did they teach me all these biblical things like, you know, pastors do on Sundays at times and like leading this bigger congregations? No, but they fulfilled that shepherding role of like, okay, let's like live your, like, like walk the discipleship basically is what they were doing for me. And mm. so like, yeah, it's just, and again, maybe that's a whole another episode because we've been going for a long time. But, uh, yeah, I, I would, I just st still at that stand behind. If all they do for you is preach to you on Sunday mornings, I don't know if they're really a pastor to you. Yeah. In the, in the full sense. No, that's good because I knew what you were talking about, but I think that's good if you clarify that for people, you know. Mm -hmm. And I think, I mean, this is definitely another episode, but like, is your church too big if your pastor can't be a part of those things anymore? Yeah. Ha has your church become so large that you can only be available to preach and that's your only mission as a pastor? Like that church structure. I think that's a whole different episode, but it's an interesting thought. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I think it has forced churches. I think the infrastructure was there to support online only ministry, but I don't think it's going to be enough 
going forward. Yeah. And also the, like the giving, like what we've talked about with like Cerner even. Yeah. It's like a company being like, Oh, well we're dumping all this money into building these campuses, but our employees don't have to be there to be productive. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, we're dumping money into these buildings or going in debt or trying to pay off this debt from like this giving. But now that people are coming to the building, like they don't see the thing or they're involved in the activity, which is like all fair and good. Like you want, you might want to have a building like to be able to host your thing, to be able to do other activities, to be able to do whatever as like a church body to get, you know, people involved in the community. But I know giving's gone way down in a lot of churches. And right. I think that's a big part is like people aren't there for people aren't like, oh, the building, oh, the thing, oh, the whatever. Cause it's like, well, we can't. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know where I was going with all that, but it's, it's a thought. I just, how it's affected the churches. Yeah. And I think my whole thing is like, I agree with all of that. You said infrastructure and I was like, oh, well, giving and building like that's infrastructure that's not there or not as readily available or might be gone after this. Yeah. And so my, my thing with infrastructure was like the social media platforms, being able to like Facebook live stream. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Those things were there. Um. And I know that firsthand, you know, my family's had some health problems and that's the only way they could go to church. Like, cool. That's awesome. It's there. And now it's the main focus. I don't know how long people can go in that formulaic sit down worship song. Like, I don't know. Like, I think because, and we talked about this, like the negative parts that we think of church, like being highlighted like that. Like those are some of our least favorite parts and those are the only parts you're getting. How long can they last before more people start to be like, I wish it was something else. Yeah. I wish and that's, that's why it doubly hits at this time because I can't shoot. Cause like, I can't have like, what is happening to my mic stand? Uh, now it's my problem, Dimitri. There you go. We're just, uh, this is, this is a uh, production under, construction so to speak this is Uh, not this is our first time doing it remote so yeah but it's like okay uh i can't have my like bible study groups or my small groups because we can't meet right so it's not it's not just is it oh well there's the worship and the sermon and the whatever live stream that maybe isn't necessarily like what i would love to have uh, but it's also like, but I can't get like those other communal things that I wanted. And I think that's the thing where I'm like, I think a lot of people feel that lack. Yeah. And I mean, I'm not listening. I mean, I don't tune in on a Sunday morning on most Sunday mornings, COVID or not. I don't really go to a Sunday morning church, but again, like we have such a solid friend structure that I feel like I have that accountability, that community that satisfies those requirements that I feel like I'm called to do through scripture, mm-hmm. through like what Paul writes. Um, and then what Jesus says, I feel like those are satisfied and that like, you know, I have good relationships with people who satisfy those requirements, but 
like I'm not logging in and listening to a church service and I don't really feel like to, to be quite honest with you, I feel like I've gotten deeper in my relationship just based on the fact that it's like, I've just put more effort into it. And I think that's, that's my thing is like churches are going to have to put more effort into being creative with the content they produce to provide that community in a world that we can't have community in. Mm-hmm. And I think Christians are going to have to be putting more effort just into their relationship with Jesus because it's not being spoon fed to them on a Sunday morning. Yeah. And you, and you don't have the excuse of like, Oh, well I'll see them Sunday morning. Exactly. It's like, no, I've had to go out of my way to like call Matt Dean. I've had to go like call Will for us to hang out. Like it's had like for me to meet Ben and for us to work out, like we've had to make it a plan. And right. I think it's going to expose a lot of like, oh, well, we just kind of, yeah, it's going to happen. No, yep. like you got to plan for it. And mm-hmm. I think after this is over, we're going to need, and depending on what tiers like this happens in, whether it's like how many people in these groups can meet up whenever, you know, things start going back to normal. It's like, okay, well, if it's only 30 people who are allowed to meet, like, then we need to really focus on them small groups yeah, or whatever. So, yeah, I think that's what I want to see. That's, I think, a big positive that can happen is like the focus on the communal, the focus on the smaller group, the focus on the how do you get those intentional times where you meet together that aren't just a given Sunday morning. And I, I think, yeah, and – I, I said it earlier and I didn't like how I said it is like it produce like churches producing content. Yeah. But I mean, truthfully speaking, the church as it functions, especially in America, it, it is not the traditional sense of like, I think we've talked about, this. it's not like the traditional original sense of church. Mm-hmm. It needs to be a resource giving thing for Christians to build that body out of like small groups are, you know, traditionally built out of the, a church body, right. Yeah. Of a church attendance, you know, whatever, but like that needs to be built up. That can't just be like something, you know, that, Oh yeah. And we have small groups. Like if you want to be in a small group, we have those. It can't be that anymore. They need to, I think, put forth more resources, more time, more effort. Like you said, into, well, we can't meet with more than 30 people. So we have to now provide that content to give them resources to be able to operate so that like, even if we can't meet with more than 30 people, that the faith, like the faith life, the Holy Spirit doesn't just leave the church because we can't attend like we used to. Yeah. And I'll, I mean, I'll just, I'll give him the praise on this. When community groups first started uh for paradigm like way way back i remember before they changed up how they were going to do them josiah came and met with every small group i like that and i'm like that when you say that i think like i thought about that moment and i was like again like it's a moment where i'm like he just isn't standing up there preaching at me on Tuesdays or on Sundays or whatever. Like he is trying to be involved in what is happening in his community. And that is pastoral. Yes. 
So like, obviously maybe pastors aren't able to do that with every one of the groups or whatever, but like, again, like it was an effort to be involved in the grander thing than just was the like weekly service. Yeah. And it was a big focus on community and like how, if we're going to change it up, how do people feel about it? Like, how's it going to work? What's going to happen? So yeah. Yeah. I think we're like at a crossroads, but I think it's a great crossroads. I think some people look at it like the traditionalists who are like, well, I like, you know, I don't like this cross. I think we're like, you know, chomping at the bit, so to speak of like, Oh man, we're so excited to see where this could go. Yeah. And I, dude, I'm just so stoked for what the 15th or whatever to come for cancer. Yeah. Cause it's like, <laughs> Oh my gosh. It's like, well then we can actually plan to have a Bible study. Then we can actually plan to have our like group. Then we can actually like, you know, record this in person. They can actually, you know, do a bunch of those things we were like wanting to do in efforts to be a part of. And that's the whole thing, right? That we've like, is the goal. Like this is deconstruct and reconstruct, but we're not just saying it. Like we want to do it. And like, that's what I'm excited about is like, as we talk about the necessities for like the communal aspects and to like build in that communal foundation, like I'm hungry to just start that. I'm not even necessarily like, oh man, I can't wait to just go to church on Sunday morning. No, I'm excited to start these groups to do these things to like be involved with people once again. I think to put it in an analogy, I was watching a uh, video of a Marine reviewing Navy, or he was a Navy SEAL and he was reviewing Marine Navy SEAL things in movies. Was it Jocko? Yes. Love Jocko. I love that. Yeah, and so he's reviewing it, and it's this parachute jump, right? And they're all, like, waiting to go do this parachute jump. And he's, like, they're sitting there loading magazines on the plane, and he goes, dude, you'd have your stuff ready to go already. Like, and then they jump, and they all go, right? But, like, I think this time is, like, we've been given the time to press pause on our idea of church because it constantly has to keep going, right? we've been given this time to like press pause on our relationships and like to like step back and realize like, okay, adjustments need to be made. So like, I don't want to be the dude when the green light hits go in Kansas city on May 15th or, you know, May 2nd or whatever in Missouri or whatever your shelter in place ends. That's the dude still loading magazines in the airplane and everyone else has jumped. Yeah. I think like, I think like when May 15th rolls around, it's like, dude, one of the first texts I'm doing is like, dude, let's get this Bible study rolling. Like, you know, let's hang out with friends. Like definitely not going to want more alone time. That's for sure. (laughs) Like, oh gosh. Yeah. I've had a tough day guys. I'm just going to hang out by myself like that. I, I hope that doesn't exist for a while. This isn't a jewel, by the way. This is a space bar from my Mac that I broke. <laughs> so I just want to make that clear if we release this video. It just looks exactly like a jewel pod. <laughs> it's the same shape and size. Uh, I was like, I realized I was like holding it in front of the camera like this, like playing with it. And I was like, wait a second. That could send the wrong message. And I think on that note, we should end. You're going to have a whale of a time editing this. I don't know how much editing I'm going to do. I might just... It's going to be our longest episode yet, but... Oh, God. Well, if it was all over the place, 
that's how our brains have been working through the coronavirus. Yes. And you're just getting to see it firsthand. And like you and Will are pretty much the only people I get to have like longer conversations with. So like when we do, I feel like it's just a dump of like everything we've been thinking about yeah. for like a week. And I'm like, finally, I get to talk to somebody about it. I mean, yeah, even like we hung out last night and like by today, I was like, I have so many things to say. Like, I need to get back to like, I'm excited. And so we sat down and we were like, we're not even going to plan this one out. Like, we're, <laughs> like, we're just going to go for it. <laughs> I knew that was a mistake. I knew it was going to be a long one. But uh, yeah, man, it's going to be back. Good to, good to get in front of the microphone. Back to the hopefully normal schedule of this. Yeah. Now that we know how easy recording this is now. Oh, so. yes. So, yeah, and we have more topics planned and all that. So hopefully we'll be hitting with, uh, you know, consistent content now. Yep. Uh, and we will soon be uh, housemates. So roommates is the actual word, but. Yeah. Well, we aren't going to live in the same room. So I dare call us a roommate. Yeah, no one does. When you say, oh, my roommate, it doesn't mean you have bunk beds. <laughs> Who? No one thinks like that. <laughs> we're going to be mm, They housemates. were roommates. <laughs> Housemate sounds like you own a street and like you have a couple houses on the street and you're just in one and your friends in the other. I've never heard someone Fair. say that distinction. Gosh. Oh, really? I've never heard that. Okay. Well, first time for everything. I guess. All right, man. Well, uh, I've been Dimitri. Yep. Luke, sign us out. All right. Well, this is the Belfast podcast. Thank you very much for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope it was encouraging. And I hope it uh, gave you guys a lot to think about because we talked about a lot of things. Uh, my name Almost is, too many, arguably. Yeah, too arguably. many. My name is Luke Byler. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Luke underscore Byler 816. That's B-Y-L-E-R-A-1-6. You can also find the Belfast Podcast on Facebook and Instagram <laughs> at the Belfast Podcast. Email us at BelfastPodcast at gmail.com. And please rate and review us on iTunes. Uh, Dimitri Lash, want to sign out? Uh, Dimitri Lash at D-I-M-I-T-R-Y-L-A-S-H. It's been a pleasure. Good to be back at it. Yep. Thank you guys very much for listening. We'll see you soon. Yep. If she'd have asked me last year, I'd have been long gone. Because we all dogs and I hope we all go to heaven.